Hey everybody, it's Madeline Grimes, the creator and host of Pastimers Radio and Podcast. Um, this podcast has been a long time coming. It's been a while since it's been recorded back in 2019. A lot of things happen at the end of the year and this was kind of the first time that I've been able to really sit down and edit it. Um, season 2 is just right around the corner and there was a couple casts that I had from season one that I wanted to uh, publish um, before diving into the new season, but we grow, we learn, and we do better, and I'm excited for season two to have all the knowledge of doing this first season, my first time on radio, um, and, you know, doing a podcast, so um, thank you so much for my listeners. Um, I'm excited to embark on this new adventure, but please enjoy this. I had some amazing friends and guests on this time, and I thought it was fun, the things that we were talking about. Ready? Please enjoy! Alrighty, everybody. My goodness, it is 8.06. You know what that means. It means that it's pastimers time. I'm so excited for y'all to be tuning in. Um, I am your host, Madeline Grimes, and welcome to my show, Pastimers. We are going to be talking, talking from 8 to 10 p.m. Um, I have some awesome guests with me tonight. Boys, do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my name is Thomas Owens. I'm a senior at OU. Nice. My name is Ben White. I am also a senior at, at OU where I study creative media production. You're cute. Are you seeing anyone? Uh, yeah, actually, this girl. Uh, her name's Madeline, but she's not in this booth. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, oh, yikes. weird. <laughs> I'm Zachary Herman. I'm also a senior at OU studying industrial and systems engineering. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, boys, I'm so happy to have you here tonight. Us too. Um, we are going to be diving in. So this, this um, radio show today is called The Geek Cast. And I feel like we're all a bunch of geeky, wonderful people, right? Would you say so? I feel like um, he at made least it first. between Thomas and I, it, it's significantly more into nerdiness. Yeah, no, I yeah. I can <laughs> so, so what's the difference between a geek, uh, a geek and a nerd? Just so we're all operating on That's the same. That's a wonderful question. We're gonna dive into that. Oh, wonderful. When we come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, everyone, keep in touch. Uh, we're about to play a little bit more music, and then we'll come right back to you. So tonight we are talking doing the geek cast we're going to be talking about anime world of warcraft D, all the good stuff so um stay tuned and we will be right back with you that's one of my favorite songs um hey everybody welcome back um to pastimers if you are just now tuning in um also you know i wanted to try something new you know talking over uh while the music plays in the background it didn't work out um, it didn't work out, but we are here. We are excited to um, continue talking. So again, welcome back. Um, my name is Madeline Grimes. I'm your host. I've said that five times, but that's okay. Um, we are talking about... <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, we are talking about e uh, geeky stuff, nerdy stuff. Um, so... Some stuff stuff. Some stuff stuff. Yep. So let's dive in. Um, kind of one of the first questions that I wanted to ask y'all today... Um, so geek, nerdy culture. Um, I looked up the definition, and it actually has kind of like a negative connotation to Ooh. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. I should have written it down, but I did not. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, so my kind of question is, so I feel like that culture and everything has become definitely way more mainstream. Mm -hmm. I feel like it used to be kind of more like a niche sort of thing. Um, so, do you think that that makes like a huge difference, like kind of now? Yeah, okay. I, w I, I would say that uh, 
the fact that it's not something that people normally feel like they have to hide. It's not something that people are afraid of how people react to it. In fact, on my uh, on my resume when I'm applying for jobs, I have a little section on there that references some of the uh, D&D activities that me and Ben and Zach have gotten up to together along with a few other people because it's a great social exercise, requires working around other people's schedules, and is great for sort of like simulating tasks is how I put it on there specifically. I remember that, uh, so, so, so my current job, uh, I got it in the interview. Um, they asked me, you know, what's a, you know, like what's a time you've worked together with others to overcome obstacles? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I said, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going out on uh, on a limb here, but I've run a D and D game for over a year now with the same group of people in the same world, and I like to play with engineers. And the engineers uh, look at the rules and they say, hmm. Where's the gray area? Where's where's the spot? I mean, you guys can certainly speak to this. Really, how do I make Ben's life more difficult? That, no, that literally is how our D and D campaigns yeah. go. But, any, sure. but I mean, but I guess what I was trying to say is Thomas is exactly right. It has a lot of real world applications, and also, I think people just kind of started to realize that these activities are super fun. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. on the surface, you know, you sit in your basement pretending to be an elf with a bunch of friends. It's you know, I mean, it's weird. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. You know, it's weird when you put it like that. Yeah. But like. <laughs> But I mean, I think people realize you know it's 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 super fun, mm-hmm. um, and the world's kind of caught on. I think you see that with the explosion of just you know more nerd culture, especially around D and D over the past few years. I I also think it really helps. Uh, it's really took off sort of around the time that I think Marvel got big, because mm. it's sort of like mm. comic books were a yeah. huge part of geekdom and nerddom. Whereas like these are now some of the best movies currently being produced, just quality and and budget wise, mm-hmm. and they're mainstream. And so now it's like, oh well, maybe I should go read the source material yeah. and so now com- reading a comic is just like oh so you're you're a fan of the movies and went and read comics after that right mm-hmm. like that's sort of the assumption now and it's actually really nice because it's um, a lot of things like that sort of branched out from there and are now very much popular and mainstream which is nice for me personally because it means that people are buying more people are enjoying more yes. people are getting more publicity about it which means companies are willing to put more effort and quality yes. into it mm-hmm. um, so the things that I have always enjoyed are now even better yeah. because people are willing to throw money at it so overall positive yeah yeah no absolutely I agree with that I think it's one of those things I a couple weeks ago um, I did a nostalgia cast with Helena and we were kind of talking about you know video games or certain sort of things that like when we were younger you know I'm like When you're younger, you play pretend, you know, kind of what we're doing now in a lot of ways. Um, And so it was kind of interesting thinking like there was that lull kind of like middle school to high school when that wasn't cool anymore. And I think it's kind of really cool now that I feel like it's becoming more accepted and also just like finding you guys to be like, yeah, we love doing this nerdy stuff is awesome. You know, I, I think it's a really great thing that it's become, you know, more mainstream in, in some senses. Um, Absolutely. So, um, what in your childhood do you think was kind of a catalyst for you to kind of be like, ooh, I really love this stuff. Like, was it a movie? Was it a game? Was it something that you just kind of stumbled across? Hmm. Does anyone want to go first? For me, for, uh, for me, I think a big part of it, and this is probably true for a lot of people, so I'm not exactly breaking any cliches here, but it was the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. Uh, and yes. sort of that whole world, you know, you know, um, I have yet to read the last Lord of the Rings book, embarrassingly enough, but growing up, The Hobbit was 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 my favorite book and still is. Um, Terrible movie. Uh, yes. yes. Movies. 
Ooh, we could talk about it. <laughs> we could, we could, and and and, and we will get there. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, yeah, like you know, Lord of the Rings definitely instilled the love for fantasy because it was done so beautifully, and you can kind of forget its fantasy and just appreciate it as an art form. Um, and also, it's just one of those movies that, like, my family will just sometimes turn on if we need something comforting in the background. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of positive associations there, well, too. It's really one of those things where the the, the movies, as well as the writing of, of Tolkien, are just such high quality that it transcends the genre that it's part of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. To such an extent that it's like, you have, you have people that have zero interest in fantasy outside of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So is that yeah. is that the same one for you then? Oh no, but I'm still thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas. Um, well, I I really got into uh, th- this is just for like the the nerdy stuff that we enjoyed as a child and how we got started in this culture, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. So I first started watching um, anime on Toonami, then got into that, then went through sort of a lull period and in, in middle school and like high school, like you said, because that, that definitely exists when it stopped being cool. Yeah. And then, uh, especially watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! was great. Um, but after I got into high school, I met, uh, me and Ben uh, had an English teacher. I think I was in his class. His name was uh, uh, Mr. Aslan uh, from the Chronicles of Narnia book. Really? His name was Mr. Aslan? Yes. Aslan Smith. No, he's Aslan a, he was Smith. a lion and everything. Oh, okay. That's so cool. <laughs> that actually is really cool. Was it because of those books? Or was uh, he just, it was just that name? I think, yeah. He actually, uh, he doesn't like admitting to it, but his parents did name him Aslan, uh, specifically from the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> and he loved doing um, D&D-esque activities. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got started with it. He did a very freeform version of it with like no rules, just role play and trying to figure out how things work as you with go along. With a system that I helped write. Ben did a great job <laughs> with it. Ben gets all the credit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a good friend named uh, Neil from Neil Bot who helped me get back into shout anime. Shout out Neil Bot. Yeah, shout out to him. He's a great guy. <laughs> Love great him, guy Neil. And that's how I got into it. And then when I got into college, Ben started the big D&D campaign we've been going on for now a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's been over three years now. It will be three years in January. We should do something wow. for that. We should definitely do something. We need a cake. We need a cake, maybe hey, three. we could bake a cake. We um, could bake a cake. Yeah, that was that was a question I was gonna ask. Like, how long had been? Because I joined, uh, Janu- Jan- January, January, or did I? It was a little later for me. I think when it was did a I little January later. of this year? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she joined Gen Two. We, we didn't start Gen Two until this year, I thought. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. We had Gen Two going a little earlier. Was it Was it winter of last year? I think it was winter slash fall of last of year. Last so, year? so, yeah. so, just for context for yes. our listeners. So, so, so we play Dungeons and Dragons, and we have two. We have two main campaigns, and a campaign is just think of it like a show. Like we play sessions as often as we can, and each session is another episode in the show. And it follows these specific characters. These specific characters that you create yourself. Next time on. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have two campaigns. We have what we call main campaign because it was the first one. That's the one that we are approaching the three-year anniversary for. Generation one. No. And then we have <laughs> our second one. Madeline? Gen two. Generation two, which is a... Homebound. I, which I guess spinoff is a good word. It, it really is a spinoff. Yeah. Part, yeah. Of the, part of the thing is we were sort of uh, getting getting mm-hmm. a little tired of the the power creep that we we're experiencing yeah. in the first what uh, level are we main now? campaign. I think we're thirteen. Thir- thirteen. Thirteen um, in main campaign out of twenty in the the first campaign. Mm. Um, 
it's really hard to put that into context if you haven't played D anD. Um, like what that number actually means, but so we were the, the the main crew is very powerful, is very influential with po- within politics, has a lot of money, and is mm-hmm. able to do stuff at sort of at like a, a national scale. And we are sort of like we want to go back to the basics, mm-hmm. go back to our roots, and so that's what Gen Two is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the reason it's called Gen Two is the characters that we were playing in that campaign. Most of them are the children. Of just some derivative of s- or yeah. some uh-huh. offshoot yeah. of the or at characters, least inspired of, yeah. yes, of the main campaign. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of overlap there, and it's we had one r- crossover episode. We had one crossover episode. That was like that was like a five episode. Have you ever crossover. tried to play two characters at the same time? It's oh, not fun. Yes. But then there's six people doing that. I do so, that all the time in my normal life. I have like six people <laughs> in my head all the time. Just bouncing around. Yeah, just bouncing it, around. Oh. But there was a crossover episode when Gen 2 and Gen 1 met, and it was um, it was a lot. But a lot got done. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, My character almost killed a different character. It was a great uh, kerfuffle. It was a great kerfuffle. <laughs> but anyway, that was, you know, I guess I launched into talking about Gen 2 because we were talking about D&D. But no, that's perfect. But we will probably reference down it later in the, the show. Down the rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. Oh, my God. We, could we, have we only have another it. hour and a half. We need <laughs> at least, like, triple that if we're going to really get into right. the rabbit hole. The next podcast. <laughs> So I think kind of um, going off of, you know, D&D, and I know we'll probably circle back around to we it. Always but we, we always do. We always do. We always come back. Um, <laughs> so this weekend, me and Ben are going to Ren Fair in Texas. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yes. Are you Texas? No. <laughs> so Boomer sooner. Boom, um, boomer yeah. sooner. <laughs> but um, we, it was kind of like a decision, because last year I went to ACL, which is Austin City Limits, which is a music festival. And um, I kind of thought about doing that again this year, but um, was like, you know what? There's a thing called Ren Fair. We can wear cloaks. And we can wear cloaks. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you just, I just want to kind of point this out here. If you haven't had the chance to wear a cloak, you're missing something in your life. Yes. No, I, yes. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Sadly, I'm not wearing a cloak to this thing, but uh, Ben is. And my I'm dad a cloak. is. Yeah. And her dad is. Um, but going off of that, so Zach, you LARP. Yes, so... LARP l- fact, expert fact. <laughs> <laughs> so um, LARP stands for live action role playing. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. this is, is D&D, Skyrim... On steroids. Wow. To its fullest. Yeah. <laughs> Think of any, any RPG that you could really play, um, but in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and LARPing can really uh, vary anywhere from a very role play heavy system, such as a lot of the European LARPs that don't have any combat any physical combat whatsoever. So mm. foreign LARPing. Um, Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> is Could a, you explain is about that? Because that's a really cool concept. Yes. So I'm not yeah. super familiar with it, but it is a... Uh, uh, several of my friends are, are really into the Vampire the Masquerade system in particular. Is that so in it's, Oklahoma? Sorry, not European LARP, Nordic LARPs. There's, there are <laughs> chapters... <laughs> is this a music festival a, with fire? Yes. Okay, Wait, cool. there's a music festival sorry. with fire? Let's act off. That's sorry. not Burning Man? <laughs> I, there was Burning. <laughs> Um, so, uh, my bad. It's not called a European LARP. It's called a Nordic LARP. Is is the genre of LARPing where there is no physical combat. There's still confrontation. Um, some of it can be physically in character, um, but all of it is done through a sort of skill system. Uh, so it's like RP on uh, World of Warcraft. Yes, okay. but ah. so like, let's say I want to fight you. Um, oh, we can take this outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thomas and I can take over. Yeah. It's okay. um, then, like, we compare skills in a specific way. There's a, a storyteller present to basically give the description of what happens. Mm-hmm. And then from a our skills plus a randomly generated number, so usually dice or um, if they're very close, people do rock, paper, scissors. 
Um, Ooh, a lot of people in the Vampire the Masquerade LARPs especially have custom printed decks. That oh. is a deck of playing cards, but they each have rock, paper, or scissors on them in an equally distributed amount. So you shuffle a deck and each draw one instead of doing That's physical cool. rock, paper, well, scissors. That is cool. Wow. So is that in person? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you um, bring... Sorry, I keep asking. You're good. Um, I'm sorry. the host. I'm not sorry. I'm asking you questions. Like, <laughs> it's just it's not like I'm um, here for an interview or something. But um, no, um, yeah. No, so do those... Do you get new ones every time, or do you hold on to them and bring them every time that you go? The characters? No, the cards. The cards? Yeah. The cards are owned by the people. Okay. Um, like, it's, it's, it is, you can still do rock, paper, scissors, but a lot of people prefer the randomization mm -hmm. because there are ways to cheat at rock, paper, scissors. Uh, yes. Um, so it's not something that's required. It's something that people like to have, so they put effort into it and custom print their own stuff. And this is, this is something that a lot of LARPs have available to people is the expression of their creativity for their character. Mm. Um, so in, in every LARP, you design your own character, somewhat like D&D, &D, um, <coughs> and you make a backstory for that character and kind of decide what skills they're good at. So maybe they're good at driving, or maybe they're good at pickpocketing, or maybe they're really persuasive. Um, and then you get to embody that character, and another way to help do that is making your own costuming, making your own weapons, making your own makeup. Mm. Um, and it's... Um, I'm not really sure where I was quite going with that. Uh, the cards are sort of another expression of that. Okay. So and and so Nordic LARPing is very much a collaborative, like specifically just a collaborative storytelling experience, mm. where it's hey, here's the setting, here's a bunch of people that have agency. They all have their own goals. They're all uh, sometimes very rude, mean people. It almost mm. sounds like uh, a murder mystery. In a, party. Yes, yeah, it does. Ooh. That's that's a really good way to think about it. Um, and when I say rude, mean people, I mean that's the point of Vampire the Masquerade is they're vampires. Um, that sounds so, that's, I, I love the yes. name. Vampire uh, the Masquerade. Yeah. Vampire um. the Masquerade. Vampire. <laughs> um, yeah. But so uh, going sort of forward from that, that's sort of the, the least physically interactive version of LARPing. Mm. And then it goes all the way up to, some people would, would fight me over this, um, but SCA, or the Society for Creative Anachronism, is... Fancy a group of people that try and get as close to realistic medieval European history as possible. Oh, okay. Um, and in doing so includes um, what's called real steel fighting. Mm. So it's full armor, full gambesons, full weapons oh that are all God. dulled, but they are all, are all actual metal. Um, so, like, there's videos online of the European Longswordsman Championships, and it's rather wild. Because um, it's basically fencing, but with long swords. Hmm. Wow, that's really cool. It reminds me of uh, Forged in Fire. Have you ever seen that show? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Me and Ben watched a little bit of that, and my parents like love it. It's one of those really cool... It's a fun show. It, it's I'm a really a, fun I'm show. If you don't know what Forged in Fire in, uh, is, it's on the History Network, I'm pretty sure. And basically, it's um, people going into... Uh, it's a competition where you forge um, you know, certain weapons really cool they dive into medieval and all that different stuff. they should pay us because we talked about them <laughs> plug, sponsorship plug, plug. by the history channel that's yeah um just shouting out um no sponsorships here so those are sort of the two far ends of that the the larp that i've been doing has been um i did uh, about a year or so at a larp called nero n-e-r-o and i don't really know what that stands for um that's just the system it's uh did that in high school, and then since college, I started going with uh, a group called Fallen Empires, which is located out of Lake Murray. 
Um, and these LARPs are sort of an in-between where there's a lot of role-playing and there's still physical combat, but it's not a uh, best, not necessarily like if you are just a physically stronger person, then you just automatically win. There's there's uh, gamification of it where there's there's hit points and skills and energy pools and mana and stuff like that that you have to you have to conserve and deal with. That's a lot um, like D and D. It's yeah. it's uh, the best way I can possibly describe it is if you have played Dungeons and Dragons, if you have played Skyrim, if you have played WoW, but in real life, um, cool. all the things there are still a lot of the game mechanics are still existent. They are just now things you keep track of mm-hmm. on paper and in your head, as opposed to things that the game mechanically does for you. Mm. Um, so I've been playing with Fallen Empires for over three years now. Um, Dedicated. It's it's a great time. Yeah. I enjoy the, the, the environment. Isn't your character gaining some renown like, and is now just kind of like a point of interest for a lot it's, of it's things? So we, we, the, the group that I'm playing with right now recently went from sort of a declining population of about 30 to 20 people. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. The last two games have had over 100 people. Wow. Mm. How have they managed that? Just a huge so, spike. So there was a bit of a kerfuffle involving a LARP in Dallas, Texas um, that I won't name. Um, Ooh, polite, polite. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of people that uh, had issues with that kerfuffle are now looking for other places to play and Fallen Empires in Lake Murray is one of the closer ones mm. um, so a lot of those people are from there and uh, the nice thing is that the people who had issues the, the issue was unreasonable so the people who have issues with that issue are reasonable people so all the new people coming in <laughs> are reasonable people Nice. Alrighty. Um, so I think that we are going to go to some music and then we will jump back in. I think the next kind of big topic, I know we'll probably circle back around to a couple different things because it all kind of interweaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. the um, next big thing is we're going to talk about anime. You ready, Toms? Ah, yes. Anime aficionado. I've lived for this. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. So please stay tuned. We will be back in a few minutes. Um, please enjoy some great music. Um, we'll see you in just a bit. Oh, we're still going. Come on. Uh-huh. Yes. Take it to church, boys. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm so, so happy for you to be listening in. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. Um, but welcome back, everybody. Welcome to my show at Pastimers. I am so glad that you are here to listen to me and my friends. Friends, can you reintroduce yourselves? For Hi, I'm Ben. Oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas. Hi, I'm Zachary Herman. See, I'm I like a that one. senior at OU studying industrial and systems engineering. And uh, we're the... Uh, yeah, no, we're, okay. We're, we're, <laughs> we're your guests for tonight. Yikes. We're the guests for tonight. Good. Thank um, you, awesome. Great, you guys. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, so we have been talking about sort of geeky things. Kind of the last thing that we had just talked about was um, LARPing, D&D, um, kind of little things in our childhoods that um, we felt that really kind of catapulted that sort of thing. Um, and we'll probably circle around back to those um, same sort of statements. Um, but the next thing that we're going to focus on um, is anime. Woohoo. Nani? Nani? Come in, Yamate! Shinderu. So I'm currently wearing my favorite anime, which is Attack on Titan. Yes, it's um, a lovely anime that she's sporting. Yes, it's a, it's a wonderful scout jacket. Um, 
fun fact, this is actually from like the first release, like Japanese. Like this is from Japan. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. First wow. Japan. Like I got I'm super it. Super not jealous at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fine. It's whatever. I mean, really good quality. <laughs> it's real canvas. Anyway, mm-hmm. I could talk about it forever. Um, so we are going to um, first kind of talk about. So um, I most recently really became like a huge fan of anime probably this year thanks to honestly all of you um and then g which pour one out he's not here yeah <laughs> thank god he'll, um, he'll be on a different show though yeah yeah he'll come he'll come around um come but, you can't get rid of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but i grew up and I, I think we've all kind of talked about this too is i grew up you know my kind of shows that were reminiscent of either anime style or were were Big Pokemon gal watched the TV show and the movie, which is great. Um, Sailor just, Moon was a big one. Just the mm-hmm. first movie? I mean, the, the first movie was great, but the not other the next twelve. I, I don't, I don't know. Exactly. Pokemon Pokemon two thousand has a, a place in your heart. Special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I saw Detective Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, Sailor Moon was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for my sister. Uh huh. Yeah, it's not an anime, but really reflected the style. Teen Titans was a big one. Debatable. Oh, and Avatar. Avatar. Both, both of those, you have people that will fight you over whether that's an anime or not. They're not. They're not. They're no, not. They're no, not. they're not animes. Um, but are, they, are you uh, one of those? It, how are they? <gasps> I, I, look, if you, I, this is not a conversation I want to have right now. Okay, cool, awesome. Because we we're wrong. Have, we don't have to have it. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so are we taking this outside the booth? Maybe. Anyway, so. Um, Going off of that, so I want to hear from each one of you um, really quickly, and we'll uh, expand upon it a little bit more. What is your favorite favorites, parenthesis S, because I understand it's very hard to, you know, come down to one, like, favorite uh, anime. Um, So I'll go first. (laughs) Um, So my my first, (laughs) um, mine is Attack on Titan. Um, It to me is truly just amazing storytelling. Um, Attack on Titan, there's a there's a lot to it. I don't know if I could sum it up um, like in a sentence, honestly, about the premise of plot because it would give it away. Um, but it it is a darker anime. Um, usually, um, anime has it's very stylized. Um, it kind of comes in and out of seriousness, and also just like you know, people with big heads or big eyeballs or like over over emotion reaction sort of things. Um, Attack on Titan, uh, like, um, but Attack on Titan is very narrative story driven. Mm. Um, but I think it's just uh, it's so good. The music, I still like all the OPs, even though the second one isn't my favorite. All of the... You didn't like the dinosaurs? That's the third. So that's season two oh, part. It? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Dude, don't get me started. So there's Do five. you even watch anime? Yeah. Do, are you even a fan? I'm sorry that I read the manga after season two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really great show. Highly recommend if you're into that sort of thing. You may watch the first episode and be like, whoa, this is a lot. But um, um, we can talk so, about it more. So, so, so I think it might be an ap- very apropos time just to – it's one of the better stories – ever told just yes. because the manga yeah. is a little bit ahead of the anime and it's going to places that are just insane mm-hmm. and it's it, it's escalated I mean like am I right it's, es- no, it's it, elevated it to another level it and is. it is such a good payoff so yes. highly recommend yes. among especially among anime and manga it is object not I mean object I say objectively subjectively a lot of the times so that's you do. on me um, it is part of my my top five forever more than likely yeah absolutely mm. um, but Ben 
you want to hit <clears> us <throat> with what your favorite? Yeah. Um, geez, I wish I would have thought about this more. Um, if I so my favorite anime is probably. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Made in Abyss. Oh, okay. It's a it's a it's a it, it's a great anime. Um, it's about a big hole in the ground filled with treasure. And uh, I'm gonna leave it at that. It's incredible. The main characters are children, and they're very sweet. And it has a childlike innocence while at the same time tackling some very dark subject matter. Um, and aesthetically, is one of the most beautiful things. It is the art style is absolutely beautiful. The handling of light. Uh, and color is incredible and has one of my favorite soundtracks of any anime yes, ever. Yes, soundtrack. The, the is music so is my good. favorite part about yeah, it, actually. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to bounce off of that really quick? Just like music and anime? Oh, yes. It's m- music in some of the anime is orchestrated to new levels I don't see in a lot of other mm-hmm. Western media shows yeah. that it conveys deep emotion and works so well with the scene that it really takes you in, it wraps you up in the entire plot, it makes you not only feel the same way that the characters and their actions do, but it makes me feel that uh, same sort of emotion and like urgency that characters in the same scene would be feeling themselves. It makes me sort of dive into a mm-hmm. show that mm-hmm. most yeah. American shows don't do the same thing with me. Um. And not just uh, sound and music that's present. Um, a certain shows, specifically mentioning um, Demon Slayer, uh, which is airing this season, yeah. just finished airing this season, has done some incredible things with the lack of sound, in fact. And some of the most impactful scenes that they've done so far in the show have been a really uh, a incredibly paired sound effects and music and then actual silence for the next shot. Mm-hmm. And the the impact that they have driven from that has been absolutely incredible um a kind of a problem that i have with some of the western shows that are happening right now is you have uh, the the marvel soundtrack mm. issue Ooh. where it's 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 very it's really good music it's just it's a lot of the very big very boisterous very loud i only like the avengers theme that's pretty much it <laughs> um oh yeah and the kendrick Lamar soundtrack from black panther but that's it um but the uh a lot of uh, anime is also just doing some really, some really incredible things with. Okay, stop! Sorry. Don't bite the microphones. Gonna have to get some on. Some of my uh, other guests here are uh, having some issues. Um, but uh, Zach, do you want to go off like what your favorite? Oh yeah, my favorite is? anime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Maiden Abyss holds a really special place in my heart. Attack on Titan, for the things listed here, also holds a really special place in my heart. Um. Uh, more recently, uh, like I said, Demon Slayer, um, a show called Kekai Sensen or Blood Blockade Battlefront mm. uh, has, again, an incredible jazz soundtrack, um, but also just incredible animation, a really, really good touching story that is some twist in there that I was not ready for. Mm. Um, so is it BBB? Yeah, BBB. Yeah, BBB. Okay. BBB and BBB. So Blood Blockade Battlefront and Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond the second season. Mm. Um, I'd probably have to say uh, my favorite anime is uh, between two right now is probably Attack on Titan mm-hmm. is definitely 1B only because I haven't seen what the anime has done for the conclusion of the series True. but uh, aside from that one that has finished and is probably my favorite of all time right now 
is Full Metal Alchemist oh, Brotherhood. Oh, yeah. Can't can't forget about it. It's probably yes, yes. It is it's so close to perfect as I've seen in the anime that only Cowboy Bebop uh, has gotten to as well. I just have one thing with Cowboy Bebop I don't like specifically. It's still in my top five, but that's why Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is definitely so number good. one. Yeah. Do you just want to hit us with a very basic premise on it? Of Cowboy Bebop or Full no, Metal uh, Alchemist? Of, 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 full, of full Metal Alchemist. It's oh, my yes. favorites too. Yes. I so love, love this series. It is about two young boys who lose their mother at an early age and in an accident trying to revive her, one ends up losing his arm and a leg and the other brother's soul ends up getting stuck in a suit of armor. And essentially, they have to bear that sin of not only trying to revive the dead for the rest of their lives. The brothers then spend the remainder of their time trying to get the brother's soul out of the suit of armor and back into a human body. Mm. Yeah, that's a really great, yeah. Um, It's it's worth mentioning there is magic in the world, if that wasn't clear. (laughs) So a full metal alchemist, the magic system in that is is alchemy. And it's governed by the law of equivalent exchange. Yes. Um, one more, one more thing about favorite animes that I kind of completely forgot about, and I can't believe I did it, and Thomas did it too. But uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is also uh, incredibly far up there in terms of really, really good anime storytelling. I, I just didn't want to pick that one, is because if mo- <laughs> most people, most people won't understand. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> most people won't understand what makes it amazing. I'm sure anyone has seen a myriad of memes. For JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I see a lot of JoJo's memes that just go straight over my head, and I'm sure they're funny. Oh yeah, and that's that's sort of the the niche it gets stuck into, but it really has uh, probably one of the best passionate studios doing it, mm-hmm. and it shows up in the show as well as just a story that has existed since the '80s that is being remade now in anime and it has so much love for it. It's it's really gotten a lot of passion put back into it and especially the studio's gotten better every single season for their animation at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I'm really happy is getting sort of the effort and passion put into it right now because it was one of the first long-term publication mangas. Yes, um, it actually was, yeah, good point. And uh, it actually drove a, a huge portion of some of the uh, themes that are seen in manga throughout uh, that era. So, like, um, the Fist of the North Star, big buff dude with a leather jacket, mm-hmm. um, partly was inspired by the the early manga chapters for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, they're called, uh, the Japanese term for it is, like, a boncho. Mm. There cool. you have it, folks. <laughs> boncho. Boncho. Um, so, kind of going off of um, this, um, so what kind of... I know that I kind of said it a minute ago, um, mostly just people, and even when I was younger, talking about those shows that I used to watch, I mean, my best friend at the time, Emily, um, who's still a really good friend of mine, um, she really introduced me into that world. And so I think, and also just kind of coming back to it, talking with y'all, it has been like a big kind of um, so-and-so likes this, that, you know, it's been more of kind of a collective sort of thing rather than just like kind of finding it on my own. Would you say that's kind of a similar thing for you guys or was it just kind of you stumbled upon i think i think what makes anime so enjoyable at least for me because you know kind of like madeline i didn't really start getting into anime until uh until i moved to norman and started becoming 
uh, better friends with Thomas and then meeting so Zach and the roommate Garrett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a good virus. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a, it's infectious. And 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 Interrupt but people. you know but <laughs> but one of the things is that you know, like once you start watching these animes, you just get to have access to this new level of conversation with your friends, and it's so much fun. You know, we could sit here and talk about Attack on Titan mm-hmm. series for hours. You know, there's this there's this anime and manga called One Piece that Zach Thomas and I could sit here and talk about for hours. And yeah. it's just, you know, yeah. it, you know, just being excited about these things together makes it, makes it super worth it. Uh, and just having that dialogue is part of what makes it so much fun. And I mean, it's it's right now, for, at least for us, and we do the same thing with uh, certain audiobooks, uh-huh. certain podcasts, yeah. and yeah. Uh, anime and D and D, is that we kind of collectively consume as a as a friend group these things together, and yep. then so that we have the sort of those uh, discussion points among our friends group. But I mean, it's a group I, ritual. I feel like a lot of people do that for for other things as well. Uh-huh. So like yeah. uh, when like Game of Thrones was airing, like yeah. that was something that people watched and people talked about. Like, it's, it's it's water cooler conversation, and yeah. uh, I feel like anime and and D and D and some of the stuff like that is sort of getting to the the point in popular yeah. culture that it's becoming water cooler conversation. The same way that you know you know you know Thomas and I could have a cursory discussion about the NBA, probably a deeper discussion about college football. I'm sorry, I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone here could join in on that, but it really is just that sort of dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's fun to talk about. And did you did you start with? Uh, I know we had similar upbringings with it. You started with like Toonami and like in Yu Gi Oh. I watched Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, I I actually watched. One of the the big turning like things that kind of gave me that inspiration when I was younger is um, I actually watched Yu Gi Oh with my dad mm-hmm. uh, every Saturday. I had a morning. much better dad than I did. Um, Yikes. That me, me and my dad would watch <laughs> the new episode of Yu Gi Oh every single Saturday morning. My parents nice. didn't want me to watch that show. It's them demons, <laughs> literally. Um, and and just a really good uh, put an impression on me from an early age that like it's yeah. okay to be enthusiastic about stuff that you enjoy. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, my dad was a big proprietor also with cartoons and different stuff, and um, a lot of the um, culture, that sort of side of things definitely um, comes from my dad and my mom as well. Um, but um, going off, we we talked about it, and I have, you know, being someone going into the creative field, and I've always been interested in voice acting. I've always, like, if I could sign a contract to just, like, voice animations, like, please let me do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think it's so awesome, but my... And she's good at it. Oh, the, oh. Be a dub voice actor. Yeah, well, that's what... No, so I want to get into that. Um, you know, the kind of the conversation that is huge is the dub versus sub. What's um, a dub? Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, you know, the... The... Um, Bing, bing, bong. What am I trying to say? It was on my mind and then I forgot it. Oh, this is it. Um, <laughs> the the Western, we were kind of talking about the Western um, kind of animation shows, whether that's, you know, I know like mostly I feel like kind of what most people, the type of cartoons are more adult, whether that's Rick or Morty, um, Bojack Horseman, those are kind of big influential ones. And I know TV's not, you know, actually like sitting down and watching television. It's becoming a less of a platform. You can put on Netflix, Hulu, whatever, and get. And so I know a lot of shows, because um, like I know like Disenchantment from the people who did Simpson is on Netflix. Like that's exclusively Netflix. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like there's a lack of magic within sort of things that like when I watch anime it doesn't matter if it's in a different language or not the storytelling is just so top tier that I wonder because I feel like America like you know we kind of used to have that I don't know if that's just been a shift in people in the industry which probably 
Um, but like even when I was younger, I remember cartoons just being better. And I'm, uh, yes. Yeah. And specifically, a lot of things like that I feel reminiscent of, like Attack on Titan and uh, uh, Avatar and mm-hmm. stuff like that, are the the overall storytelling arcs and character development that that era seemed even going back and watching it now, um, to be just a league above kind of what is available for the shows that we as a generation have grown into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some shows right now that are still really, really good at that. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I know Adventure Time's got like an overarching plot that Adventure, has a nice ending. Adventure Time has a really good overarching plot. Um, Wonderful World of Gumball has really good, um, really incredible writing uh, for inter-episode stuff. Steven mm-hmm. Universe is also just Steven a good Universe show. Steven Universe is just a really good... Um, Legend of Korra specifically got re... Uh, yeah, they re- revived favorites. Avatar to do that. Was really that, good. that goes even harder than Avatar. Mm-hmm. So there's some stuff that still exists, but it's just the... the it's not an industry-wide feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Anyone else want to kind of... Oh, I, um, I, I can pretty much agree on everything uh, you said there, especially uh, with... Uh, the, the passion, I feel like, isn't there anymore, especially with um, the fact that it all stems from the fact, I believe, my opinion, that cartoons are marketed towards children prim- primarily yeah. in the U.S. and in Western media and over in Japan. It still has that, but there is a much bigger market for more adult shows over there, and people are more aware that when something is animated, it doesn't necessarily mean it's just for the young people. Mm-hmm. Right. And and hopefully we're gonna get there. We've the West has taken steps towards that in, yeah. in movies like um. They rebooted Samurai Jack too. They rebooted Samurai Jack to yeah. a very much a a twenty somethings audience. Yes. Um, I'm not saying Samurai Jack was ever necessarily for kids. No, I was, um, it was one of my. I love that one. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. The later How to Train Your Dragon movies cover yeah. some very serious topics. Um, and very much recently, uh, Into the Spider Verse is a fully animated yes. movie that is one of the most popular Marvel films to this date. I mean, it is so a good. truly amazing film. Um, that art style, and that's another thing too, is I know you know y'all play more, way more video games than I do, but um, also true. really <laughs> true. That is fact. Um, but I also it's a just <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know. Those video games, I understand that you're playing them for, you know, however many hours, so you're able to fully fledge out certain things, but there's storylines in, like, video games, I'm like, where is that in, like, television shows? And even just, like, the the look of, um, you know, that show Love, Death, and Robots. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Netflix, correct? Yes, it's that a Netflix original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Season two coming out soon. Pretty oh, really? Much. Yeah, nice. But just like the animation level, the people who came together for I mean, they were short, what, like 30, 45 minutes? No, no, no I mean, they were, oh, they were shorter. They were shorter than Any, that? Anywhere from eight to 20 minutes. I think, I think some of them were shorter, like, to, like, like I, three I, or four I, minutes. Like I, how the yogurts cover the world was like three or four minutes. Was it? I thought it was, I thought like six minutes was the lowest, and then there Maybe was a 28 minute episode. Okay. But I just, I, I, want more of that creativeness Mm -hmm, because being someone who like I know that you know wanting to be a voice actress going into the world like there are jobs of course um but at the same time like I love being passionate about whatever project I'm going into and you know coming into the world where our 
generation is slowly on the rise and getting into jobs and different things. I think we, millennials, Gen Zers, um, all those things. I think we are in kind of this thing of just like, we want to make a change, bringing back some of the things that are nostalgic to us. But also like, I think that's one of the things too, as you were saying with cartoons and stuff, it's the people who watch those now, I feel like they kind of dumb down to kids, as you say, because they do market to kids. Like there's some kids shows I sit there. I'm like, what is this? This is yeah. mime gush. Yeah. There's like some are show about you? three bears yeah. on the Cartoon Network that Who I just I just don't get. And yeah. It's in the same time slots as like Adventure Time and Gumball. But um, I, sorry to really quickly, but just that I feel like us now having grown up with a you know very interesting technological just advancement mm-hmm. um, and seeing those certain shows um, kind of at their core and then you know going away. I think we're in need of that again mm-hmm. and I just think the people that are in certain positions I don't think they are they're not wanting to market to us since we are older mm-hmm. and also at a weird niche point where we're not the biggest consumers yeah because we're still in college without a whole lot of money because we don't have you know jobs yet uh, or, or if I you guess do like have a job yet. you're like hey maybe I should pay off this hundred thousand dollar debt that I've accrued yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's there's the there's 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 the, I mean there's just a lot more money I think in kids because mm-hmm. their parents will parents buy have stuff. money parents have money yeah I I I think we're we're living in an age right now where a lot of that passion can actually be is being expressed through independent projects more mm-hmm. so than the yes. current system I agree. That exists yeah. because I think that it's so accessible it's so mm-hmm. much more accessible yeah and so you have you have stuff like Kickstarter you have stuff like YouTube you have Patreon. all these Patreon is a huge contributor yeah. to this this phenomenon yeah. we're seeing right now. Um, and and a lot of companies are also much more willing to give sponsorships to uh-huh. content that they aren't creating. Okay. Like we're sort of living in a in a in a in a patron era yeah. where it's like stuff like Audible and Squarespace, Squarespace and stuff like that. It's like, oh, you have a podcast? Well, nah, we'll throw you some money because we don't have to put the effort forth. Yeah, you're doing all the work for us. We're just giving you money yeah. to put our ad in an ad slot. Um, I think you, you have you have really good uh, animation stuff on YouTube. You have really good mm-hmm. creative projects like the Abridged series for. Helsing and Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, Team Four yeah. Star. Um, by yeah. Team Four Star, which is just an incredibly uh, passionate project. Um, you have stuff on Kickstarter, like uh, Tales of Elethrion. Mm. Um, uh, look up The Reward on YouTube. Uh, Do it's it. an animated short that's about 14 minutes long. It's incredible. Um, you have stuff like Kin Fables by Seb McKinnon. Yes. Um, that are just these incredible passion projects that are now available because you don't have to go to some corporate bigwig mm-hmm. and say, hey, I have this thing, I really want to do it, and they're like, I don't know, it sounds like it's not going to be marketable to the kiddos. But then you go on Kickstarter, and it's like, you have hundreds of thousands of people that are like, yes, we want to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you want to say something yeah. really quick, but um, playing devil's advocate, ha-ha. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you think, though, that that puts people, those creatives, those sort of, you know, yes, they do have a platform, but it's not something that may ever get, well... <laughs> You good, Thomas? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but do you think that puts them in sort of like a pigeonhole? It's just like, okay, so they have these other things. We won't ever make that bigger than it is. Oh, um, like it's like a hard ceiling? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel like, you know, because, you know, at the same time, like if I had, was a big wig with a lot of money, my first thing, like what I love to do anyways, just is like not being a big wig, just being, you know, a little college gal mm-hmm. is like if I see someone with talent I want to be able to know them later in life so I can call them and be like man I know that we did a project so and so and like help them get there or like hope that they get you know help mm-hmm. me there so I you know I think it's great that there's so many platforms now for people to express themselves mm-hmm. um, 
there's it's definitely a concern mm -hmm. um we're, we're sort of there are some some examples of people who don't need it anymore yeah where they have just become so successful on the platforms that they've begun creating on that it doesn't they don't need to appeal to those uh those current systems i think successful youtubers are a good example of that. exactly it's mm -hmm. like youtube is currently the best currently available platform it does have its issues yes um but yes, it's it currently the best available platform for for growth like that and you see people who, who have explosive growth so people like um binging with babish yeah who um i subscribe to within a hundred thousand subscribers mm -hmm. and he's now at six million subscribers um if i remember correctly um and that was all on binge when you talked to him binging with yeah just <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> him on the first <laughs> hey binge how you doing um but he that's over the course of less than two years mm -hmm. from zero zero traction whatsoever to over uh, millions of subscribers um, and you have you have some stuff not necessarily within animation but um, you have some some other examples of uh, so people make uh, mods modifications and mm -hmm. uh, game files for mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Bethesda games specifically Skyrim that uh, I believe um, they did uh, the big elsewhere mod um, and a lot of uh, there was a really good example of people who worked uh, really passionately on a really big kind of DLC level Skyrim mod and some of those guys got hired at Bethesda to work for that company mm. and you have examples of stuff like that where people people are so it's so easily visible the passion that you were putting into stuff that the people who care about that are now sort of at a point where we're, they're willing to put the effort back into it yeah yes please Ben so I think yes I agree with everything you have said and I want to accentuate your point because I think a big part of the of, of, of what we're missing here is that the only reason that we can have these really cool Skyrim mods and the you know the only reason that we can have such in some ways an oversaturation of just content that has a quality that has a production value quality that 20 years ago was a professional standard mm -hmm. is because th all these mediums are so much more accessible because you have because everyone has an I you know a phone that you can go and shoot and edit a simple movie on. 30 years ago, it took thousands of dollars to have that level of equipment and then to be able to play it back and edit it so quickly in a process that previously took months. You know, you can go and get the Adobe uh, Creative Cloud Suite as a student for like 25 bucks. You have things on there like After Effects and Photoshop and Adobe Animator and Audition, everything you need to make podcasts, cartoons, you know, it's 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 all right there. And so what and so what we have is 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 so many people having access to 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 the level of production that was previously just super gate kept by people who had the capital for it cuz i mean just think about what it took to make a movie 50 years ago you needed these you needed these huge cameras you needed tons of film you needed sound equipment you needed a place to mix it and edit it uh, you needed a place to develop the film, and like I said before, you know we could just shoot a short scene in here, you know, with 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 all the bells and whistles. So I think that is what leads people to be able to make content that Bethesda says, "Oh wow, that's great. Let's bring you into the big leagues because they are already able to make content at a semi-professional or professional level." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, it's it's you you want to shoot a video, then you can shoot video like. Incredible quality video on your phone. Yes, you want to you want to make a video game. You don't need to m have a staff of a hundred people or like crazy, incredibly smart people making their own engine from the ground up. You can go get Unity. You can go get Unreal and start yeah. game devving on your own for free. Yes, mm -hmm. you want to. Indie's a whole genre now of yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. And some of the best games. Some there's some great indie games out there. You want to you want to do animation. You've got the Creative Suite. You've got uh, a whole. 
uh, incredible set of, of tools such as Blender, such as 3ds Max. It used to be Flash. It used to be Flash. It, some of it still Rip. is Flash, but like fla the Flash explosion of, of indie animators really, I think, kind of started a lot of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, and I agree. I was just playing devil's advocate. I agree. <laughs> no, um, no. But, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's, those it's are... Good no, they're, they're good. Yeah, oh, please. Um, you know, we can't disagree with each other all the time. Yeah. Well, also, I think the thing is, too, is that to be aware of every point of view, mm -hmm. especially, you know, in that sort of kind of yeah. um, realm. Um, um, so kind of going off um, just a little bit, just talk about it a little bit. Um, so, Wow. Wow. <laughs> World of Warcraft. Um, speaking of just games um, and something. So, Thomas, did you play the original? I do not play World of Warcraft. Have I have not played World of Warcraft. I was a Wizards 101 kid. Yes. I was also a Wizards 101 kid. Your boy over here was a RuneScape kid. Okay. A bit. Nerd. I mean, I, I, WoW has always been my, my MMORPG. Okay. So, so... You play? Did you play so, classic yeah. when so, it came so out? So I didn't. Ben is the only one here who's played vanilla. Yes. I mm -hmm. started in late Burning Crusade slash early Wrath of the Lich King. Mm. Um, played through. Uh, let's 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 yeah, let's back up and get just like for our viewers or for our listeners. What is WoW? So oh wow. my goodness, you're doing a better <laughs> job than I am, baby. No, I'm not. <laughs> so WoW is an acronym for World of Warcraft by yes. Blizzard Entertainment. It's been going since 2005. Four, I think. I will Google this. Go ahead. Uh, since about 2005, it's been going for for over 10 years now, mm -hmm. um, through multiple expansions and DLCs. And 2004, November 23rd, 2004. Thank you, Ben. Um, so so 15 15 years coming up next 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 month. Next, next month. That's not yeah. okay. Wow. It's not. Can't be November yet. Jeez. Um, and it has had millions of of players over the course of that time. Mm. And so. Uh, both Ben and I took a hiatus at some point during the course of that, um, and most players do, um, where they kind of get tired of the the formula or the expansion that came out is adding or taking something away that they don't like. There's other games to play too. It, there's also other games. And to it's play. a very repetitive game at its core. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, the goal is you start at level one. You're supposed to get to the max level, which is at first level sixty, and you do that by killing monsters and completing quests. And you kill monsters and complete quests and for that's, sixty levels, that's and a, that's it. That's about it. There's, there's, there's. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, the, the camera stopped. Oh, okay. Well, no, it didn't. It's just splitting it into two files. No, yeah. it's, it says recording is stopped automatically. Oh, well, I will take anyway. a look at it. Sorry uh, about sorry. that. No, so, so there's, there's a, a bit more depth in that. So there there's, is. there's. Um, some things that you can do cooperatively with other players that are designed specifically to be done with five players or uh, up to 40 players at the same time cooperatively. Um, there's stuff that you can do on the side called professions that require you to gather materials and make things to sell to other players in the in-game economy. It's a world. It's a world. It's a, the it's economy a is very oh. complex, actually. It's less complex than some other MMOs. Yeah. It's not EVE Online. It's not EVE Online. Online. <laughs> um, EVE Online, a spreadsheet simulator TM. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ben and I uh, played WoW for multiple years um, and kind of stopped at some point and then both of us rejoined uh, when World of Warcraft Classic very recently released, which was uh, Madeline also joined, Ben got her into it. Yes. Um, sorry, Madeline. <laughs> and so I'm World of Warcraft Classic is 
uh, Blizzard taking the vanilla World of Warcraft experience and doing it again. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's not just like, oh, it's a it's a cash grab. It's Skyrim released on on your refrigerator. It's it's something that the community has sort of been asking for for years time. now. To I the will, point to the point where uh, open source indie projects have made. Um, taken the code and made their own servers which I have participated in um, that aren't owned by Blizzard for the express purpose of getting to experience this thing that people have wanted to re-experience for a while and so Blizzard has finally been saying like oh yes we realize that this is a thing that you guys want so we'll give it a go um, even though we don't think that this like we'll, we'll put it out there it's not going to be what you want you're going to your rose colored glasses blah 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 more people were playing WoW Classic during its launch than have been playing WoW for some time. Um, and it has been an incredible experience. And some people are also saying that the, the, the community has actually changed on the non-classic, the, the retail version of World of Warcraft, due to the way that you have to interact people in the original game, that you have to kind of work with people in the original yeah. game or you can't get some stuff done. And, and and so you know I'll just jump in I was I was away from the mic for a sec um, yes uh, so and 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 I took part of these these community driven projects where you played World of Warcraft original and it wasn't from Blizzard they didn't make any money but they eventually got shut down because they were pulling people away from Blizzard and then Blizzard said like you uh, mentioned you know hey we're just gonna do this um, and a big part of the of the nostalgia with WoW uh, just for me is that you know Zach Zach nailed it on the head. Like you have to interact with people. You know, it is a, it is a living, breathing world. You know, to the minutia down to hey, you know, my character crafts potions, and I need this very specific ingredient that only someone who 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 makes uh, who makes armor can 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 get. So I need to go talk to them and and do a deal with them, or either I trade stuff and they give me what I need, or I give them money. And you know, it is just, it is, it is, it, you know, it's a bit of the second life thing, you know, where you're just like, hey, like I can go and interact with people in a very low pressure environment, um, and 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 it's just a very satisfying experience. But I'm really interested, Madeline, as someone who didn't play classic, who's only ever played classic like mm-hmm. in the last couple months, like what, like what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I also was a Wizard 101 gal. Um, loved that game. Loved that game. Um, but I think at the same time, what Wizard 101, like, I know, like, I feel like people who are really into World of Warcraft are like, well, how dare you compare it to Wizards 101? <laughs> you know, and so I, like, I get it, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm saying it's like, you know, a mystical sort of like you're a wizard and you go through training and you have to mm-hmm. you pick a class and different things. So there are similar structures. Um, Can I ask what class you pick specifically, Madeline? Um, I would. So I would make three characters at a time. I, I would always either be, of course, like the death one, because uh-huh. why not be bad? Um, and then I I would do like the um, like the myth, like the sand, like that guy. Yes. And then also um, nature. I always liked being a ginge with like a green cloak, and I was like, "Ooh, poison ivy." So I'll be um, this weekend at Ren Fair. Sounds yeah. a lot like a druid. Uh, it, it, yes. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, so um, for me, it's been super fun. You know, I don't know what any of the extensions going forward. So, like the gameplay to me, you know, just how it looks in general, like the aesthetic, is something that I have played before. It's not something that I'm like, oh, wow, this is a really great, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, But like it doesn't, you know, I know probably the later expansions just like the aesthetic of everything and also probably looks like a little bit better and maybe plays a little bit better, which y'all are all nodding your heads. But for me, like I really enjoy it and I, and I love 
you know, kind of the more of the I know you could kind of do it on Wizards 101 but it was definitely more of like a single player like you do your own thing the cool thing about WoW is that it's very interactive and like I know that we'll get on with each other and you know play and go do dungeons or uh, battles or something like that but another great thing for me what that was really cool is I was just playing by myself and y'all were off doing whatever and there was just like a guy and who was just like you need to go get these people I'm like yeah, so we joined a party and like we did it like just two of us. So like that's kind of a cool thing too. Is just kind of that um, camaraderie mm-hmm. that you find within the game. So I really like it. It's really really fun. Yeah. Um, but I think we're gonna. I like how. Um, but I think we're gonna. It's just <laughs> casual chatting here. We really like to keep it really chill. I'm having fun. I'm. I'm glad you're. Oh, I feel like I, I came heard here your to voice. work, guys. Okay, you know what, Ben. Um, Ben's all business. Can you yes. mute that guy real quick? Yeah. Oh, he's off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so we're going to go listen to some music for a little bit, and then we will be right back with you to kind of close out our show, which, crazy enough, time has flown by. God, our it really has. Is, our show is almost done, which kind of is sad. It hurts my heart. Um, but we are going to play again another one of my favorite songs because I'm the DJ, and I can choose my favorite songs. How fun is that? Yeah. Boys. We're going to unionize against you. Okay. Well, 3v1. Sorry, you have good music taste. Rise up. Alrighty. Um, catch us back in a couple minutes um, to continue talking and close out the show. Thank you so much for listening and bye. Uh, that was for our girl Cassie. Shout out. We shout out Cassie. Shout out Cassie. Cassie. Was her song. Alrighty, everybody. So, welcome back to Pastimers. It has become that time of the night when the show is almost done anyway um, okay. <laughs> um anyway so it's been really fun guys um we are gonna definitely do a geek cast part two because there was just not enough time to talk about all the amazing things that we wanted to talk about i agree um but Kind of closing remarks. Um, Thomas, I feel like I haven't heard your lovely voice in a hot second. I was dying back there 15 minutes ago. <laughs> um, Thomas yeah, has your, the coughing. bronchitis. The bron- oh, you have bronchitis. Not what? actually. Okay. Like, he, 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 he has the dying. It's it's, 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 it's the sickness time of year. Oh, no. You, I'm not having a favorite I have the play. Hey, guys, stop. Stop bullying my friend Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> Give me your lunch money. Give me your, um, I went to high school with Thomas. Okay, all right. You want to tell him about that time in study hall? Children, boys. Sorry, heard. Anyway, <laughs> so Thomas, um, you this year went to a, was it an anime convention? It was a uh, anime gaming convention called uh, Tokyo and Tulsa. It's uh, a ton of fun for people who enjoy anime, geeky culture in general, a lot of gaming uh, stuff as well as there too. I think the biggest portions are definitely the anime and the gaming. And then there's uh, some minor, uh, more niche stuff that's also supported there. Um, more like gold mining or iron mining? or Oh yeah, of course. Uh, or like minor. just mining people there as well. But um, there's tons of people that go there to cosplay, to purchase merchandise, uh, to see uh, famous actors, voice actors, uh, designers, uh, production people who speak in panels as well there. Personally, I have gone uh, 
three out of the last four years to go to the shopping side of things mm. to get some pretty pretty nice merchandise. Oftentimes, I'll come back with at least a t-shirt. I'll take pictures with tons of people who have some really, really cool cosplays. I love meeting so many people that are there. I think there's so many creative people that uh, attend the place. In fact, last year, there was a whole uh, segment of just fans who were dressed up as uh, basically characters from an idol show in Japan. It's basically just for like singers and dancers that are animated as well. They did this whole choreographed 30 minute performance that people filmed just in the middle of like the shopping floor. It was really, really cool to watch and uh, super creative as well. Awesome, that's wonderful. Yeah, I kind of wanted to end on that sort of note, kind of bringing it, bring it back. Um, with, you know, Zach talking about LARPing and then us going to Ren Fair. And um, I know that you and uh, your girlfriend's uh, <laughs> Halloween costume this year is pretty pretty great. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm wanting to dive more into the world of cosplay because I really like um, drawing and designing costumes. I think just the really cool art of it. So Zach, the wonderful Zach who's here with us, um, made me and Ben pouches um, for Ren Fair this week. They're absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Um, and so it's kind of like another cool thing that you kind of inspired, plug, plug, um, inspired me to kind of continue on with doing that sort of stuff. Um, so is there any sort of kind of closing remarks to end out this geek cast tonight? Don't be afraid to really like stuff, especially stuff that, you know, is weird because sometimes that's the most fun stuff. I highly recommend everyone to try Dungeons and Dragons at least once mm -hmm. and to throw your sense of uh, shame and embarrassment to the wind and do funny voices. And if you can't get over that hump or can't find a group or don't really feel like it, I would suggest maybe trying a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Mm -hmm. um, Adventure Zone, uh, Critical Hit, Critical Role. Um, and Pretend Wizards are all incredibly high production value podcasts. Uh, Matt Mercer with Ben, help me out here. Which one is it? Critical Role. Critical Role. Um, it's because Critical Hit and Critical Role are, are really similar. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but Critical Role is, uh, Matt Mercer has agreed at this point in it's time. the biggest one, right? Is yeah. the largest D&D production currently available. Yes. That's a consistently running one. Um, I'd argue that. Uh, They're getting an animated show. I'd, um, Goodness. Good, because so cool. um, yeah. Acquisitions Incorporated was playing at PAX every year as well, um, which is also really good if you want to look them up. Um, but like I said, if you can't get over that hump, maybe try a podcast and see if you enjoy that sort of storytelling element. And if you like it from there, then maybe go from there. After you listen to the podcast, listen to Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, then you're ready to play. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, should, you should never be afraid to try anything uh, at least once. There's so many things that I wouldn't have gotten into without the help of Ben and Zach and Garrett and such. There are so many more video games I wouldn't have tried without Zach. There is so much D&D I wouldn't have played without Ben taking the lead and being the dungeon master of our campaign. There's new podcasts I wouldn't have listened to. There's new shows I wouldn't have gotten to watch. I've yeah, Magnus Archives is one of them. It's one of Zach's and mine and Ben's favorite. It's amazing, especially if you're into creepy stuff. It's a podcast. Podcast, specifically. And uh, even even something that I like to boast in in the anime culture that I've seen so much since from high school, there are still new shows and new, uh, new uh, 
new like franchises that I'm discovering just from talking to my friends about them because they'll discover new things. You getting to talk with your friends, uh, again, back at the beginning of the show, talking with your friends about the stuff that you enjoy, even the geekiest and nerdiest stuff. It's so fun to get wrapped up in all of it and you will be so surprised at just the enjoyment you'll have from even just trying something, just something new. It's regardless of whether or not it works out for you, you can say, yeah, I got to try that. I like this about it. I didn't like this about it. And it's a new experience you're going to get to have under your belt. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think those are great um, final sentiments, um, guys. Um, so it's really kind of cool. You know, I'm in my fourth or fifth week of doing this radio show, and I feel like this one, um, you know, with past times, my whole goal, goal, my whole goal for the show was to, you know, shed light to those really fun pastimes that everyone does because I think you know if anyone's listening out there who's always been really interested like y'all said hopefully you know it's been fun we've just casually chatted about it we'll continue to and the weeks before talking about film and different things there's just so many different things that this world has to offer and I think it's been really really cool to kind of dive into those pastimes and, and talk about it um so boys thank you so much for being here thank you for having us Again, thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful night, wonderful west of your weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot talk. It's that that time of the night, folks. It's in fact past time. Yes. Um, Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see y'all next week. (gasps) Beep, 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 beep.